How are we doing? I'm David. I'm Phil. And I'm Andy. And this is Talking Cod. Three northern blokes talking about middle life and growing old disgracefully. Frank, fearless, funny. In other words, Talking Cod. Good afternoon, Codmasters. Great to see you after a long break. How are you? Very doing good, right. thank doing you. Doing okay, I think. Well, you sound really enthusiastic. <laughs> it's only my second day back. I've not sort of ramped back into work mode yet. Been not on holiday then, Philip? I have, yeah. I have, and, and uh, contrary to what you might say about the top and way, wherein I haven't been to France. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a... You know, a Breton on for a change. A uh, no, went up to uh, yeah, a Breton. Breton. A Breton. <laughs> no, Monsieur. <laughs> Careful. You're, is- you're, I- you're isolating all our French shirt listeners now. Because um, we have I many. Know. We have many. French. We do. Are ah, we? By, yes. My, by Bretonism. Um, no, I, uh, no, I was in the Lake District. <laughs> you don't give a... Toss, do you? I was in the Lake District, but uh, but yeah, which was nice, nice and relaxing. Good. Good. Unlike this, is this not relaxing for you then? Not yet. No, I'm I'm sort of still a bit on edge. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. It's just, just, I've people. been so relaxed. I think that's it. Just the the idea of doing anything that requires any kind of brain thought, um, just. Brain thought is that even a word? See, that's how that's is it how any other type lost of thought? it. But I know, but no one ever says, Well, I've had a good brain thought. <laughs> so, for those, who are <laughs> for those who are tuning in for the first time to Talking Cut, it isn't always this unstructured. Um, we actually had a meeting about a meeting to say just how we're going to put more structure into our podcasts, you know. So what we were meant mm-hmm. to say was, how are you doing? I'm great. And we've been, yeah, been fantastic. Um, t- on today's podcast, we're going to talk about yeah. and then go into it. But now we're talking about brain thought. And, uh, and a few minutes ago, we were talking about the, <laughs> the hum, which apparently the is hum, a thing as I well. I know, just before. The, yeah, the hum. So what do we know about yeah, the hum? Well, I'm, I've been super enlightened, guys, because I thought I had some sort of uh, issue, issue going on with my brain. But apparently the hum is a thing, so which literally is where you can hear a humming. And I, I get it on and off in the mornings when I wake up sometime. I'm guessing it's still there during the days, but maybe gets drowned out by other background noise. But I'm just proper chuffed. Other people are getting it, and it's not just me. So it's not a medical condition, yeah. so... I'm enlightened and slightly slightly buzzing off the back of that. <laughs> slightly buzzing, humming. And this is not tonight's then, is it? From Days of Clubbing. Googling the hum. Um, so on today's podcast, what we're going to talk about is, why don't we stick to our plans? Just like this, what a great example. <laughs> we already haven't, haven't we? Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, we're five minutes in and we haven't talked. We've, we've been talking cod, but nothing else. Um mm. Friend of mine is also a mentor. It's called Nick Thompson, great guy, um, regular listener to the show, and this is show fourteen now, I believe. Was it thirteen? Thirteen. Thirteen. Unless you're skipping it because of bad luck, like they do with um, air on on the plane where you, there's no aisle thirteen because it's unlucky. Apparently. Is that so true? This is uh, episode thirteen. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds true. Yeah. Okay. 
We'll, we'll go with that then. Andy, we're digressing. We're moving from the plan. Let's. We need to stick to the plan, as in why don't we stick to the plans? You know, we had some feedback saying, you know, when we go straight into it, we get some really good feedback on that. And um, we're doing really well there, aren't we? So we've got... Um, oh, just leaned forward into the microphone and went really loud. It's like the first time I've done this. It's really exciting. So um, episode 13 on today's podcast, what we're going to talk about is why don't we stick to our plans? So this is a question asked by my friend Nick Thompson, who is a mentor for the Business Growth Hub as well, joining great company King Cog, Dave and Phil Birchie-Bowles is also a mentor for the growth company, mm-hmm. doing some brilliant stuff. And I love working with mentors as well. Um, he's a regular listener to the podcast and uh, sent me an email just saying, many of my contemporaries spend an awful lot of time and money reading different development self-improvement books. They really buy into ideas in the books, but then after a couple of weeks or months, they fall off the wagon and feel a certain amount of sadness, failure or annoyance with themselves or just a general feeling of not being good enough. Can you empathise with that, guys? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it probably, I think that probably happens to a lot of people. Uh, I guess the good takeaway from it is though you you are look you are trying to do something or something different, which is good, but. Life's life, and life gets in way with a lot of things, doesn't it? Other things come up, uh, mm. but I, I also, I also guess it depends what what you're you're looking to do, what you're looking to change, and the significance of that, uh, mm. how big that change is, and what that is that is to you. Mm. So, is it a change from a uh, a health, a physical or mental health perspective, or is it where you want to make a change to learn something different? Is it a career progression? You know how how critical is that to you at that particular time in your life? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's whether you stick feel. to it or not, isn't it? If it's a real, if it's yeah. if it's a physical thing that says you got to do this and you got to make this change or this this and this yeah. happen and it's not very good, then in theory you're going to be right. I'm doing this, but if it's not or it's not as intensively impactful then other things can get in the way. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, it's how important it feels to you um, at that time. So I remember when I was younger, it was socially acceptable to smoke, wasn't it? And it's kind of definitely not now. Uh, and I like crept into smoking just, you know, from a, a, queaky, a queaky, a sneaky drag on uh, a fag at uh, over a drink at the student union you know as a kid and then it just sort of creeps up and then you have a packet when you're out in the pub or out at a club because you could in them days and then it got to a point where it I could you know I was, I was having a cigarette on the way into work and just smoking throughout the day you know I'd seen my granddad died of cancer through lung cancer you know so it's kind of it's a weird thing of knowing that this is really a bad thing and then being uh, beholden to it and I think I got to a point where nothing there was no great health thing I just felt that I couldn't breathe so much I couldn't breathe it wasn't I didn't go to the doctor but I could feel the impact it was having on my lungs and I could see how I'd gone from you know the odd drag on a cigarette to smoking through the day 
and I just made this decision. And this was the easiest thing I've done in terms of changing habits to go, I'm stopping this. And I did stop overnight, which was like, you know, I, I know a lot of people find it very hard, but I think because I had that motivation of thinking, oh, I can feel the impacts of this. Um, that was enough for me to go, yeah, this isn't worth it. And and I felt mm. yeah, in, instantly better in the weeks that um, that passed, you know. So I, it, that probably just woke up that 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 thought process that said the reality of smoking and and ha- developing a habit that's bad for you that creeps up. And you know, I think me having a bit of a, 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 a you know struggling breathing a little bit was just enough mm. to take me out of that oh smoking looks really makes you look really cool to bloody hell it's a rubbish idea that isn't it and it's expensive you know so what was your motivation to to change that habit it was it, i think I, I was i was just hitting 30 i was just hitting 30 and i just thought um i'm at a point where i've only just started smoking in the day and 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 that's probably the easiest point or it was for me to just sack it off because if it had been embedded more, like habits do become so embedded, it would have just been, it, that would have been it. You know, it would have been 10 years later trying to give up smoking from the point of smoking 20 a day rather than just five or what have you, you know. So it, it was just a motivation to, to not fuck my life up, you know, <laughs> basically. And was it because you lost a relative? Well, my granddad had died like many, many years before. I guess it just stuck with me, like seeing him in the Christie in a, you know, mm. in the state that just didn't look like, the, you know, the granddad I knew way back when. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, if it, by by that reckoning, I wouldn't have even started in the first place because the, 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 the two sort of... Yeah, me starting having the odd cigarette probably was around about the same time as my granddad died. So it's it, it, so it's it, I think it's a weird sort of uh, brain trick, <laughs> like brain thoughts, <laughs> a brain trick that happens that you know the addiction um, on on cigarettes and that kind of thing becomes it blinds you to the reality of what what that can do to you. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I spent a lot of time blind to the fact that it was more than just feeling like you had a bit of a hit by having a drag on a cigarette um, and getting to the point where it started to feel like it was impacting me and that opened up that kind of reality of, God, this actually is no good. Dave, have you had to make kind of big changes and other than stopping growing hair and stuff? Have you had to... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you had to quit something or do something totally different with for your personal development, whether that was successful or not? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think initially around health, hundred percent around health. So uh, needing to sort out my uh, mental health, uh, and there was a trigger to do that. And I think I'd probably reached the point of you need to sort this right now uh, because if you don't sort it now, it's not going to end very well. So the mental health aspects yeah. of it and making those changes, the trigger went and it just happened. 
you know. So whatever I needed to do, I was then doing it. Part of that was to sort out my physical health. So it, it was it, it sort of came tandem. And starting on that journey, I found really easy to do. As in literally, I started with the physical aspects of it and moved over to the mental aspects of it. And then I was on that journey. And there was a routine that set with it. There was momentum that sat with that as well. There was there was, there was, was a process. I knew what I needed to do. And I knew if I started here, I could change it. I knew where I wanted to go. I knew I wouldn't necessarily go from A to Z straight away. And I'm probably still on that journey. But mm. it was relatively easy to do that because it was like, it, it's got to happen. Uh, so, and I'm also, I'm also really good with routine i need a routine whatever that is mm. i've got a, i'm super flexible with things but i need routine whatever that is uh, you know whether it's getting up at a certain time every day and doing certain things in the morning that just gets me up and running that enables me to then go right i'm ready to hit the day whatever i need to do i can do but i need a routine so i'm i'm good with that you know so if i'm going to affect change and there's there's a there's a routine and that sits with it, that's great. I'm also good with an element of discipline that sits around that as well. Uh, I think on the... I'm probably in it. If we, if we look at where I am now, I've made a lot of changes. I'm currently doing what I'm doing, but I'm ready to make some other changes to life in general. Uh, really? So, yeah, I've got some... You know, I'm working with some great people and I've got some ideas around things and I know that those those ideas could actually move into something, but it needs me to do them, basically. And the weird thing about this in this particular instance is it needs me to action on them, but I need other people to be part of that. And so it's not just on me. I think if it's on you to create that change, it's a lot easier than if you're having to take other people on that journey with you. Because if it's just me, I'm responsible for myself. Mm. Any factors mm. that need to be commit, anything that needs to be committed to, or any anything that needs to be done is just me. If you're doing it and you're part of that journey with other people, then it's obviously significantly different, and it's it's a it's a mm. lot harder to do. So I'm I'm I've been looking at a lot of things recently, going okay. What what do we want to do next? What do I want to do next? Is it this? Or it's this? Or it's this? And I've been sort of holding back on committing to it. And I felt like possibly maybe in the last, I don't know, two or three months, it's been a bit limboy with quite a lot of things. Things are mm -hmm. all right, you know, pottering along. But I've got this, I've got a bit of a fire burning away that's going, it's time to do something. It's time to, to, to go from here to there. And I'm ready to do what it. Is that something? I think it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's more work-based, if, if I'm honest with you, because I'm pretty organised, family life's pretty organised, you know, family's okay, you know, there's, we've had lots going on in the background, you know, I mean, my dad passed away a couple of months back, so that's been in the mix, and I've had friends, really close friends that have lost, lost people as well, and that's been a bit of a strange one for me, uh, but I think, I think obviously that's a that's a factor that sits with it, but ultimately it's coming back to myself. Just get on with it. Just get on with it, and and it's that trigger, and it's there. It's thereabouts now. I've just I've just been away for a week, uh, and I've come back and like like Phil now settling back into it. I'm ready to to move that on, uh, mm. but it'll be me. I've got to. That's on me. I I need to plan it. I need to look at how it, how it needs to be delivered. 
and then I need to take some other people on that journey with me. So it's it's not going to be as easy. I'm not saying it's easy when you do it for yourself, but it's not it's not going to be as easy as it would be if it was just myself. If that if mm. if, if any of that makes sense, mm -hmm. I'm just like you know, yeah. rambling on. It does. I think what's um, everybody's experience of this is is different when it comes to kind of making changes, and a lot of people prefer to have that accountability. You know, when when it's when it affects other people, they suddenly become more motivated because their actions then can be felt by other people. When it's an internal thing, I think that's when people usually get reluctant, and and then they'll become. Mm more of a procrastinator over it and decide that, well, yeah. you know, it's, it's quite a hard thing to start. We, we know we, we, we know the saying about, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step mm. and that's usually the hardest thing to do is to start mm. on your own. But when it's with someone else, when there's like, whether that's accountability or because it affects other people, that often seems easy because most people in my experience are, externally motivated rather than intrinsically motivated you know so you know if, if my kids need something that's it it's not a problem i'll do it my wife wants yeah. something or a family member or a friend i'll take action you know, if it's a case of stupidly signing up to do a half marathon when you're not a runner it's because i'm raising money and awareness for a charity it isn't because i want to do it yeah so often yeah i find not just with myself but with other people is that if there's an external driver it's easier to get going and to and to remain yeah. accountable to that because it's external from yourself. Um, yeah. And I've been doing a lot of coaching, a lot more coaching recently, but I've been coaching probably for about 15, 20 years now. Um, and these questions come up very often and it's very much around the end, around the, around the theme of why? Why do you want to make this change? And it's usually you're going towards something or away from something. So, Phil, your example there of moving away from, mm. you know, I'm going to fuck my life up, you know, or mm. I could die young. That's, mm. we're motivated by the fear. You know, we just need to get away from that fear. Usually most people are motivated negatively, i.e., you know, mm. I don't want to die. I want to lose a few stone. Um, and it's usually because they're afraid of something. And, Shortly after my dad died, I'm like, I'm going to have to change my life as well now because I don't want to die young and overweight and I need to do something about it. And that was a start reality. But as soon as you start losing a bit of weight and you no longer feel that kind of guilt anymore, then the motivation dips again. So I tend yeah. to ask, you know, why why is this change important? You know, so going back to Nick's point about, you know, you know, you read a, a development or a self self-improvement book. The title on that book is probably going to give you a clue as to what that change will be for that individual. So, you know, how to quit smoking or how to lose weight or how to run your first marathon. There'll be a reason, there'll be a driver behind it. So for me, it's usually what's the purpose? You know, so questions I'll go through is why is that change important to you? So that might be relevant to you now, Dave. So why is that important to you as an yeah. individual? What's your life look like if you succeed? That's obviously mm -hmm. a big motivator to move you towards that goal. But one of the things where people get stuck on is what will happen if you don't succeed? And I think they're the things what keep people kind of motivated towards moving towards what that goal is. And often when I'm kind of challenging people's commitment to make a change is, is you know, why is, is, it, is this actually in line with your kind of life aim or purpose? 
Is, is that actually, is it, are you doing this for someone else or are you doing it for you? And I think they're the things that make the big difference. So when somebody goes, you know, run this for charity, you get, you know, you get the, the high, the euphoria of doing something for someone else, you achieve it, and then you get the blues after um, mm-hmm. within the triathlon community that I'm part of. Now, is that Ironman blues is a big thing, a really serious thing. We spoke about mental health before. Without that motivator, we kind of lose our energy. So we need something to move us forward. So Ironman Blues is, is, is a huge thing. And you probably heard it a couple of episodes ago from me and I was just empty. Mm. There was nothing there. You know, there's no goals, no aims of achieve what I wanted to achieve. But the Blues is is, 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 is that thing where you, you no longer have an external motivator. Oh, that's what it was for me. So then you go back to that goal setting. You know, am I setting the goal for the right reason? So I'm, I'm always conscious and a little bit afraid when people set goals which are work-related because work changes regularly. So we mm-hmm. put so much time and effort into something for, for, for a work perspective. Well, actually, we've already got what you want. So if your family's like just where you need it to be now, Dave, you know, you've got that kind of balance where you need it now, that's ace. Don't mess about with that. And I think what I did wrong with my career choices were at the expense of time with my family. You know, doing Ironman was at the expense of time with my loved ones. So really, when I'm setting goals or, or you know, looking at the aims, is like, what are the most important things to me and those people around me? So I like to, I like to challenge, and you know, I like to ask questions, don't you guys? Uh, but I like to I ask think, those questions, why do you do that? I think it's a good point, that as well. And I, I also... I think in any change that you're looking to make, there's always going to be an element of sacrifice as well. There's got, you know, there's there's some sacrifice, and it's it's what is that, what is, what that sacrifice is, and also how potentially how easy it is to to execute or not can also come down to the resources around you. So if you're looking to do it on your own and you've read a book or you've listened to a podcast and you're going to do, you take that ownership on your on yourself and you, you look to do it yourself or if you're looking to do it and you've got the resource of a coach. So whether that's a physical aspect or, or a coach such as, such as yourself, Andy, and things like that, who will ask, who know the questions to ask, the right way to structure it and support you through that process. In theory should be easier than if you're going to do it on your own so there's lots of there's lots of variables in it and that'll be very individual to that person and what the and what they're looking to do mm. yeah it is an individual thing so phil you 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 quit a habit yeah that's that's quite a big thing to do isn't it so it's not easy to, to, to quit habits. Dave, you were saying about, you know, the importance of habits and routine, um, mm. how we do things in a certain way as a structure. So there'd be, there'd be cues at certain times of the day, whether that's, you know, that's what I do in the morning. This is what I do at tea times, what I do in the evening, or this is what I do in a, in a, in a social environment. How did you find it having to change your routine, Phil? God, it's a long time ago now, but, I'm, I'm sure it sort of coincided with the the smoke the the ban on smoking in pubs. So it was it's around about that time, and um, I think I just I recently got married, so so that took me out of the kind of going out on a Friday Saturday night and just having the temptation, you know. Um, so I think it was just a it was it was just really good timing, you know. It was really good timing. 
um, and it, it just made it easier to stick with it because of the, some of those those cues were broken. You know, the, the, I mean, that's that's the thing, isn't it? When you when you hit a point in life when a lot of things change, um, it is quite easy to reconfigure and go. Actually, I'm going to do this now. This is these these are the new. Um, behaviors that I'm going to take on these mm. are the new routines that that work for me so for me I think that was very looking back on it I'm not really giving it a lot of thought but it was kind of a, a confluence of um you know situations changing so marrying Sophie sent, spending less time out and about in the pubs um and clubs um and um the the smoking ban that, that sort of came in and then coupled with the sort of the wider the other thing that was sort of happening around about that time, which was the, the like, as I said before, the the, the 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 socially acceptable nature of smoking was was just eroding. So I think you know I, I think I had really strong willpower, and I, and, I, and I, you know I, yeah, that's you know I think something I'm quite proud of in that particular instant, instance. But I think it was those situations, those scenarios changing around me that helped me do it. Mm. But it, but it is like you know again winding back to me like 18 months ago where a lot of situations changed for me that gave me uh, the, the the chance to bring in new habits you know like um I mean we talk about a lot of stuff that that's really big you know career or health related and and for me you know 18 months or so ago just reconnecting with music um, was making music was just a massive thing because again you go down to purpose and I I was doing a lot of work with my coach at the time and you know my purpose in life had really been built around doing music and being being involved in music but I hadn't taken the guitar out of the case in like a decade or something like that so my coach talked to me this was the the, the brilliant thing you know about the this idea of tiny habits Mm -hmm. um which is from a, 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 a some behavior scientist person um, but you know, rather than picking necessarily having to pick big, pick these big, you know, things. I'm going to lose four stone. I'm going to, you know, quit smoking. I'm going to whatever. Sometimes it's the, po- the the small things you can do that actually have a positive impact at, that are easy to do. And the tiny habit thing was the idea. Like for me, it was like I, I couldn't. The, the idea of spending a couple of hours with my guitar on a Thursday afternoon or what have you was too big a thing to take on, you know, and because work, life, all of the stuff we talk about. But as my coach said, well, think treat it as a tiny habit and just have a play on the guitar uh, when you get to the time you're going to go on lunch. So just do five minutes on, on lunch. And then it became, I think, as we've said before, like sometimes when I was eating, waiting for an email back or a phone call back about, about a certain thing, that was the opportunity to pick the guitar up and just have a noodle. And then that becomes a sort of a, a habit that, that kind of grows and you find a bit more time for. So, but again, tied massively to purpose. I think that's, a, you know, you, you know, it's a really interesting, you, you know, even though it's, it's no big thing in the life of anyone else, but for me, just being able to pick that thing up and have a, have a little play. And that's, as we talked about, led to a few other bits and bobs. It was great, but it was a, it was a tiny, tiny change. You know that was easy to make. Didn't need any willpower or anything. It was just like, you know, having the having the. I think they talk about 
um, the, the, the DJ Fogg, who 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 uh, who's who's book methodology that is talks about this thing of the motivation so for me the motivation was just to play more music because i've not done it for years the ability to making it really easy so as you'll see now my guitar well <laughs> listeners at home won't but the guys will because i'm on video like my my guitar is literally within arm's reach so it's not in a case it's not in the loft it's in arm reach so it gives me the ability to do it whenever and then the prompt the cue is just as it was you know just before i go for lunch or mm. as i'm waiting around for a call that's a really good example so, that. yeah yeah like simple that. though you know it wasn't and i suppose you know i think that's something that you could you could do you can make other small changes that amount to a lot just stuff that you want to do you know some some a lot of what you said there is in the brilliant book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I had quite low expectations of that because I thought I've probably read all this before, but he, he put it in a really good way. And a lot of what you've said there is in the book. You know, so for example, you're making it visual, so you can you yeah. can you, you make the habit easy for yourself. So those people who want to start running or an active lifestyle, the night before you plan to go for a run, get your stuff ready. So you can get up and just do it without having to think about it because that that doubt doesn't creep in there. And setting small, you know, small steps is way better than going for big aims because for those people who don't run, mm. I'm just using running as, as an example. Those who don't run, if you were to say, I'm going to run a marathon, that's a stupid goal to set if you're not already mm -hmm. a runner. But, you know, saying I'm, I wouldn't mind going for a jog maybe once or twice a week, you know, doing a couple of K, that's how it all starts. You know, so that's just that's just one example. But it could be the same with setting up a business or entrepreneurship. And I speak with a lot of mentors, some great mentors, including yourselves. Um, oh, and often people, a lot of mentors will say set some really huge goals, really big, scary goals. Yeah. I'm not completely against that idea. But I prefer the idea of making sure if you're going to set a big scary goal, make sure there's there's a big payoff for that, and you've got mm -hmm. a lot of support to do it. I would rather say set something which is easier to achieve. And and again in the book, it often talks about making it easy for yourself is is one is one good thing. Habit stacking is another. We we're speaking about habits and routine. So if you do something in a certain order every day, just add one little thing to it and it's not a big change. Mm. It's quite a straightforward thing to do. Mm. And make it fun. Make it make it something that you want to do and enjoy doing. And, and one, of, one of the big mistakes I see often is that people set themselves a goal knowing that they're going to have to go through hell to achieve that goal. And once they've achieved it, it's gone. So they, they've kind of, is, is this in a dialogue of I'll be happy when I'm a non-smoker. I'll be happy when I've lost four stone. I'll be happy when I've run a marathon, which means that it's going to take me months, if not years, to achieve this goal. So I've just instantly robbed my life of, of happiness mm -hmm. because I've made myself unhappy as a consequence of that decision. So why not set goals and change habits which are actually fun? You know, mm -hmm. so they, so they, you know, I'm not saying they're not scary. You know, the the big one is scary. You know, the life aim could be scary, but I much prefer somebody to say, well, you know what, I'm not going to say to you now that I'm gonna I'm gonna run a marathon in a month because that's a bit that's a bit daft really because there'll be a lot of pain involved in that. But I'd really enjoy going for a walk two or three times a week and maybe put one or two jogs in yeah. and I might put a part run in there because I enjoy doing that kind of thing. That's yeah. the kind of thing what gets people alive again and you're connecting with other people when doing it as well. But that that'd be my take on it, and you know, similar to yourselves, I've had to make some 
pretty drastic changes. Um, and and I've been I've been asked, you know, how do you, how do you go about doing it? And at first, it is fear. It's, it's you know it's I'm I'm afraid of what will happen. So my dad my dad died of prostate cancer. So I researched it, went on Doctor Google, and Doctor Google went eating red meat is quite heavily linked toward prostate cancer. So that's me. I I just needed something to push me over the edge to go right. You need to quit this. So that was a quit thing. And somebody used to eat so much steak and kebabs, and I'm, I'm truly hmm. thinking about it now. Um, <laughs> and I I'm, I'm a recovering carnivore. I still dream about burgers and steaks and, and massive kebabs. True story, when Brandon was born, the day he was born, which is like almost 21 years ago, I celebrated by going to Nosh at the end of our road and getting the biggest, juiciest kebab. And it weighed seven and a half pounds, and the majority of it was meat, red meat. And when Brandon was Nosh. born, it we- he weighed seven and a half pounds. So I, I get... <laughs> have, you, have you seen um, in Austin Powers... Where fat bastard goes, I ate a baby. That's what I, I, I essentially ate the weight of a baby. Um, so I was a proper <laughs> full on carnivore. And now I don't eat meat at all. Um, and it needed actually that very same baby said, you know, why don't you give up meat? I'm like, yeah. that sounds like a challenge to me. So now I've got a challenge and I've got a motivator. I keep going. One, one of the things that I, I come across often when I, when I read or listen to high performers, particularly in sport, but also in business as well is one of the things that stands out of those high performers is that their ability to drive through the boredom, you know, the shit. You know, it's the, okay, my habit now is getting up at 5am to do a 10-mile run. I'd much rather stay in bed. It's the ability to go through the boredom. You know, it's it's the commitment. And I think what where people kind of lose their mojo, if you like, all their motivation is because they've moved far enough away from the scary thing, i.e. I'm going to die, um, or, you know, I could get ill, or, you know, it's now a year ago since my dad died, and actually I don't feel that bad, so I don't need to carry on, cha- I don't have to do this anymore. That's the point when I think people fall off the wagon or start getting depressed about it because they'll go, it's actually a lot easier to stay in the comfort zone because that's what your brain wants you to do. Your brain wants to keep things easy for you, to protect you, get it completely. The yeah. problem with protecting ourselves too much is that we end up becoming quite weak um so the high performers are, the, are those people who can not just do it day in day out but deal with the boredom of the routine as well so the routine should be useful but those people if you've been watching the olympics and i was totally addicted to it those people who can just endure hours and hours and hours of training and those entrepreneurs mm. and those business owners who spend day after day after day after day focused on that goal they're the ones who seem to be most successful because they know what they're focusing on and actually enjoy the process of doing it. So I, I read something recently is that it isn't so much about your natural ability, your effort levels or commitment levels. It's about your ability to endure boredom when it really gets difficult. So when it becomes hard and, you know, I really want that kebab or I want that fag or, you know, and I want to go to take away something because, you know, this is boring just eating lettuce all day long. <laughs> That's when it kicks in, and I think that's Making that's got through. a lot to do with it. Um, guys, have we inspired you to make any changes? I think we've always inspired ourselves to do so. I think, yeah, I think that's the the, the one thing I'm I'm on a journey of as of a week ago. Once was on holiday, is um, uh, reducing and coming off my uh, medication, my antidepressants. And that feels scary because 
you know, it's something I've been doing for a couple of years and, you know, I'm not on a particularly heavy dose, but it's just the idea of coming, coming off them very gradually as I am and um, being able to maintain, you know, or, or come back, maintain the, the, the way I feel and the way I handle life uh, at the minute. I'm sure I will. That's quite a scary habit for me. But on the flip side, what I'm trying to do within that is I'd probably hit that thing with running and jogging that I've got I've got better, you know health much healthier but I've become a bit complacent and I've, over the last couple of months it's been a bit like you know I've gone from going out five days a week to you know free or something like that and you know I think what I want to do as I come off taper off these is just devote some more time to getting out and and running so so often as I'm jogging away and I'm feeling shit I, I do hear Andy's words on the uh, on the TEDx about well, which bit of your body is hurting, you know, and, and if it's not all of it, carry on. And <laughs> so I think that's my focus over the next couple of months is just getting tapering off, hoping that I feel okay again, and then I'm, I'm, I'm getting out, getting getting using using the fresh air and the environment as a as a as a as, as the drug that it is mm. to make you feel good. I love that. And, you know, and that was a, a really great share that on a podcast, not just with your mates, but on a podcast that you, you're coming off your medication. And I've definitely got your back. I know King called Dave's got your back as well with this. So just pick up the phone, let us know how it's going. And we can punish you on yeah. a run if, you, you know, if you're really feeling sorry. God, no, there's no way. And that's the other thing that comes up in my head when I'm thinking about like going out running with you guys and you just leaving me like... Never leave you behind. See you later. Never leave you behind. There's no fun in that. No, I know. Yeah, but no, it's good. It's good. And, you know, because, you know, stuff like doing this and talking has put me in a a far better place than than I've I've been in a long time. Mm. So, you know, and I'm just hoping it's not just the drugs. (laughs) In a couple of weeks, I'll be like some evil bastard that's sort of sitting here miserably talking about having... Bad brain thoughts. <laughs> brain thoughts. Love it. Um, I'm sure our listeners will uh, tune in for the next few episodes just to see how that's actually going. So if you're interested to know how, how Phil's quest for getting clean again uh, is going, tune in in a couple of weeks. We'd love to hear what it is that you want us to talk about. I want to say thanks to Nick Thompson for this question because there's a lot to go into there, I think. And it'd be good to hear your feedback on and if we can help you as well as mentors as we all are if there's anything in particular you want us to hold you accountable to let us know your goals your aims what is it you want to you want to achieve we're curious to hear what is it you'd want to do dave you're on a journey as well we know you're on this journey over the last few months got your back definitely can't wait to see how this how this emerges so tune in to to hear that how that goes we're always keen to hear what these topics are that are in, of interest to you. And I hope, Nick, that we've covered that or, or covered that topic and done it justice um, for you. So thanks for writing in. Um, and again, you know, if there's anything particularly you want us to, to talk about at Talking Cod, we will do that for you. Um, we did say at the beginning that, you know, this was never ever going to be about mental health, but pretty much every episode we do go into that area of mental health. It doesn't have to be. It could be anything fun. Um, so do let us know how it is how it goes Dave, Phil 
you just set my heart racing when I see you. I love you guys, and you've really kind of made my day today. It's not been the easiest <laughs> of days this morning, I must admit. No. And, um, you know, you've set my life on fire again, so thank you very much. Nice one, likewise, as always. Nice one, boys. And um, I know Dave's going to go go off and research the hum now. <laughs> Does anyone, any of the listeners suffer from the hum? If you do, drop us a line. Tell it how it tell us how it affects your life. <laughs> Email hum at talkingcod.com. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking cod, please give us a rating. Leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Cod.